Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Today, I've given a title to our message, and the title is Boldly Dependent. When you think of the word bold, what comes to your mind? I imagine a lot of things come to our minds. For me, for example, I think about a bull rider. I think about sitting on the back of a bull for eight seconds. I mean, that is just absolutely insane when you watch professional bull riders. Or maybe you think about a rock climber climbing a face of a mountain without a rope. They kind of do this free climbing thing. Some might say that that's a little bit crazy and, uh, you know, there's missing, you know, a few screws loose doing that, but there are people that do that. And we would look at that. We would say they're bold. We might even think about a guy who finally gets the courage and the boldness to tell his girlfriend that he loves her. And it is a bold move because he doesn't know if she's going to say it back to him or not. But we can also think about maybe an entrepreneur who goes on Shark Tank, who sits in front of Mr. Wonderful and pitches his bold idea or her bold idea. If you're watching with someone, I just want you to talk just very quickly. What do you define bold as? What comes to your mind when you think about that? As you're discussing that, I I can't help but think of a new, uh, sorry, an Old Testament personality by the name of David. David, for me, defines what boldness looks like. One of the early encounters that we have with this personality of the Old Testament, David, is his bold confrontation with the Philistine named Goliath. God's people had uh, were led by a guy named King Saul, and they were fighting a foe called the Philistines, and there was a champion fighter named Goliath who was a giant. And Goliath was taunting God's people. He was in opposition to God's people. He was mocking them, and great fear had come over God's people because of this giant named Goliath. You can actually find the story in 1 Samuel 17. David comes on the scene. He's there to deliver some goods to his brothers, and he sees the scenario going down, and he goes to Saul, and he says, I'll fight this guy. If no one else will, I'll fight him. Well, you can imagine Saul and and everyone else is thinking this is a really bad idea, but not David. He's been training his entire life for this moment. I mean, he's fought a bear. He's fought lions to protect the sheep. He looks at this scenario and he thinks to himself, I can confront this giant. I can deal with this. So finally, King Saul agrees. And David goes and collects five smooth stones in a sling and he runs out to meet Goliath. And Goliath is the champion fighter, but he's also a champion at chirping, and he begins to chirp David. But David yells back at him. Look what he says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 46a, and the back part of 47b. It says this, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. This is David speaking. And I will strike you down and cut off your head. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I mean, think about that chirp. I mean, that's just an unreal chirp. I mean, he just gives it right back to him. And if you read the story for yourself in 1 Samuel 17, you discover that David actually defeats Goliath with one smooth stone and a sling. 
We can fast forward David's life and he eventually becomes the king's sort of number one and people just love David and, and there's a lot of, that goes on the complexity of the story that's drawn out over a number of chapters. But we begin to realize that Saul begins to hate David. And so what happens in the tension of this, and I'm, you know, making a long story very, very short, is that David would be on the run from Saul for a long period of time. But David would never do anything to harm the king. He believed that God had placed this king in this position and he was not going to do anything to harm him. And as David's on the run and the scenario begins to unfold and situations happen, David actually has to flee to a different region for safety. And once he goes to that region, it's kind of recorded that Saul leaves him alone. But there's this scenario that happens in 1 Samuel 30. And it's a scenario that I find most fascinating as it relates to this idea of boldly dependent. He flees to a land called Ziklag. I mean, how great is that? We need to rename some towns that. He's been out at battle and he's returning and he actually comes back and he discovers devastation. I want to read it for you in 1 Samuel 30. It says, when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. Again, we read things like this in the, in the Bible and we have to keep in mind, we can't take our modern mindset and put it over top of the Bible. It's basically giving us the reality of what those days were like. Raiding and defeating towns and villages was very common. It's a very barbaric ancient context. When you read scenarios like this, though, often you would find that they would not leave anyone alive because they didn't want anyone to rise up and take revenge on them, you know, down the road. But this scenario is interesting. They, they leave everyone alive, but yet they destroy Ziklag. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 30, verses 3 through 5. And when David and his men came to the city, they had found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's wives have also been taken captive. David's a warrior. He's been to battle. He's, he knows what it's like. He's going to actually be the future king. God has already revealed that to him. But in this moment, we see the reality of what it means to be human. He and his men weep deeply. They're broken. They have no strength left. They're broken in their hearts and their souls. They're depleted. I want you to think about this for a moment. David is a man after God's own heart. He knew God. He followed God. He honored God. But in the reality of even that truth, he was broken. He was broken within himself. Too often we try to fake our way through things, right? Pain and grief. And sometimes we even try to counsel people who are dealing with grief and sorrow. We try to help them. We say, well, don't worry. All things work together for good. But the reality is the pain is still there. The sorrow is still there. He faced this. His town the, his, where he was living had been burned and his wives and his children had been taken. But on top of that, there's something else that has happened. Look at verse six. 
And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and his daughters. See, David had an army. He had people under his command that he was responsible for. And these men were mad, upset, distraught with David. He carries the burden of their loss as well, plus the fact that they threatened to kill him as a result of what has happened. I mean, you can literally say, David is in a bad place. Everything is mounting up against him. It's not a good time for David. He's broken internally. His soul is weary. His heart is heavy. He's got the pressure of the of those he's responsible for on top of that as well. What would you do in that scenario? What would you do? Would you go and pour yourself another drink? Would you try to numb the pain by scrolling? Would you binge watch a show, stop by the cannabis store, run in fear, hide, point fingers, go into fix mode? What would you do? Well, David demonstrates what he would do by the next verse, by the last part of that verse. It says this, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. As the pressure was intensifying, he turns to the only place where he can gain strength to face this moment. He turns to God to strengthen himself in the Lord. What is he doing? He's boldly dependent on God for what he was about to face. He didn't attach himself to the fear. He didn't attach himself to the threats. He didn't attach himself to the things that the people were saying about him. He didn't even attach himself to his own grief and sorrow. What he did was he strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. What happens sometimes to us people of faith and maybe people who are exploring faith is that we end up blaming God. Have you ever done that or have you ever heard of people blaming God? I mean, think about the scenario here. God should have protected David in this moment and his family from harm. I mean, if we were to take that posture, it would be a fair assumption in this particular situation that God should have protected, that God should have guarded him. Why? Because when we read the Bible, It tells us that God is the protector. He's a shield. He's a refuge. David was already living with the understanding that he was going to be the future king of God's people. You would think that that position would give him some sort of hand up in the sense of God's protection and benefit of God. See, so oftentimes we base our understanding of God based on our circumstances and our situations that go our way that proves that God loves us. We base our faith on our feelings of God's favor of meeting our needs. We think it's the situational proof of God's presence and protection is when he does those things for us. And sure, that's true at times, but it's not the only way that God proves his love for us. Sometimes he has to allow things to happen in our lives in order for us to have a deeper sense of his presence. I mean, if we get lost in the confusion of God always having to prove his presence, to prove his provision, always having to prove through his circumstances of meeting our needs to be evident of his love, then we've created a God who's situational God. 
when really all we have to do is look at God's love through the person of Jesus Christ on the cross, where we recognize that that is the ultimate demonstration of God's love, God's presence, and God's power in our lives. But we want to have a God who who proves himself over and over when he already did with the greatest demonstration of his love and his grace for us. See, trials and testing often prove the validity of one's faith. Fickle faith reveals shallow dependence on God. David reveals the validity of his faith in this moment when he turns to God to find strength in order to face the moment that he was in. What was he doing? He was boldly dependent upon God. He was looking at this situation and realized that the only place that he would be able to withstand the pressure that was he was facing, that he was under, was to draw strength from God himself. He was boldly dependent. His strength came as he soaked in the in God's presence. His strength came as he secured himself in God's power. He strengthened himself as he sought God's path. See, one of the things that when you look at the idea of drawing up strength from the Lord his God, we recognize that he had to spend time in the presence of God to slow down, to get away from the pressure and just be in God's presence. He had to secure himself in God's power to realize that God was the only one who could give him the strength to face what he was about to face because in and of himself, he couldn't do it. But then also discover the strength of God as he sought God for the path that he would have to walk. Look at this verse, 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord. He went to him and he asked, shall I pursue after this band? Should I go after the people that have taken my, my wives and my children and my, and my buddies' families? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. I mean, think about the beauty of that. His bold dependence on God revealed the path that he was going to take as he moved into this new future. David was boldly dependent on God. Here's what I want us to consider as a church. As we look at the year ahead of 2023, I have had this sense, and I've been praying with some of our leaders about this, that the two words that are going to describe 2023 are this. Boldly dependent. Last year, we talked about abundantly more. This year, boldly dependent. Here is why I believe that this is a critical posture for us as a church. See, God has been leading Vital Point Church into an exciting, stretching few years ahead. See, over the past 10 months, We as a leadership board and we as staff and other key leaders in the church have been working with a church consultant that's going to guide us into what's next for Vital Point Church. We've had a sense and we believe that by 2027, we are to start three more Vital Point sites on top of the three that we already have. 
And our focus is on small towns. Kind of behind the scenes, fun little motto is, if Tim Hortons will go to a town, it's a good option for us to consider. Now, when you hear the word church consultant, I know some of you are probably already thinking, well, great, he has just brought his program, his strategy, and plopped it over top of Vital Point Church, and we have to go and make it happen. Well, that's not true. See, our church consultant, Chris, has been very much a spiritual guide as we have sought and discovered the plans that God has for us as a church. See, as we have prayed and sought God for many things, we've had moments of listening and prayer and discerning what this, what the future would look like. Moments when we realized that three more sites by 2027 were a reality. I wish that I had that moment recorded for us. We were on a leadership retreat for two days with Chris. And when that moment unfolded where God was affirming this for us, and he's affirmed it even since that moment, we were all filled with awe and amazement. Here's what I want us to consider as we kick off this new year of 2023 as a church. We don't want to do this in our own strength. I want to say that again for you. We don't want to do this in our own strength, and here's why. Making any of this happen in our own strength will only be a reflection of us and in the end be worth nothing. It'll all be in vain. Being boldly dependent on God means he gets the glory and to be truthful, he is the one that gives us the strength because it will be the evidence of the truth that God is in this, that he alone is the one that gets the glory, that he alone is the one that could make this happen because in and of ourselves, we can't make this happen. Not in a way that brings glory to him. Over the past few years, God has revealed a deeper vision for Vital Point Church, a more vibrant vision, one that many of us have been dedicating our lives to and believing that God is bringing about this incredible vision. In 2014, when we launched this church, and there's a whole backstory of that that I can't get into for the sake of time, but as 2014 stretched into now moving into 2023, God has birthed this incredibly unique, beautiful vision. It's a vision to be a multi-site church that reaches thousands of people who are exploring and growing and their knowledge of Jesus Christ and knowledge of Jesus and commitment to his church. On January 8th service, I'm going to share something with all of us that is very, very important for this year ahead. I do not want you to miss either our online service or an in-person gathering on January 8th because I am going to give a very clear call to action as it relates to 2023 and as it relates to the vision of starting three more locations in small towns. Now, let me say this to you. Please hear me. If you are new to Vital Point Church, and maybe you've decided to watch today because you're back from Christmas or, or, or maybe you are a person who has not reconnected in a church community in a long time. I want you to know that this is what we are about and you can actually be part of this. You can find a place in this vision. You can find a place to contribute to make this vision become a reality. Like, I love what God is doing here at Vital Point Church. And I think about this past 
year of 2022, the year behind us, like from like yesterday back, I think about abundantly more. I think about the reality of what God accomplished and what God did for His glory through Vital Point Church. I think of end of June, 22 people baptized out in our field in Poplar Hill. I think about our Christmas service just we celebrated just a, a week ago or two weeks ago, I should say, uh, where almost a thousand people gathered to celebrate Christmas at Vital Point Church. You know what makes this all happen? Is the obedience of God's people. People who trust in the, people who have a, a bold dependence on God and walk in obedience to the future that God has had for them. See, our church, Vital Point Church, and I hope one day you can say this is my church as well, is a church that has a passion to reach people and help them encounter the truth of Jesus Christ, that He can be the true foundation, that He can truly be the anchor for their lives, for your life. David could have ran in fear, you know. He could have believed that these men said, he could have believed what these men said about him, that they were going to stone him, that they were going to kill him, and that, and, and that he could even blame God. But First Samuel 30 says that he drew strength from the Lord, his God. As we stand looking into 2023 on this first day, I pray that we as a church, I pray that you as a person who is exploring and growing in these things, that you will learn what does it mean to be boldly dependent because here is what I'm convinced of. This year, God is going to ask us to greater sacrifice for his kingdom purposes. And he's going to challenge many of us this year that will take bold dependence on his strength to accomplish the things that he wants for us to do in our individual lives and as a church. And maybe this year, maybe this year, even in your own personal journey, there will be some things where you will need to draw strength from the Lord, your God. 2023, boldly dependent and learning to abide in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for watching.